This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. You're born once, you die twice. Physically, you go to the grave, and then eternal damnation when you stand before the Lord, okay? But when you're born again twice, you're born twice physically, spiritually, through Jesus Christ, you only die once, that's physically, because you have a spirit. And so this saying is important. And if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior, your good works, you coming to church and doing all the good things doesn't get you to heaven unless you repent. When Nicodemus asked Jesus how he can be saved, Jesus said that he must be born again. When Jesus says we can be born again, he's talking about a new spiritual birth. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will be talking more about this deep truth and what it means for us as believers. The more we understand about our salvation, the more reason we have for worshiping God. He stopped at nothing to make sure that we could be with him. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 as he continues his message, A Good Soldier of Christ. The Apostle Paul would be beheaded in just a matter of days after writing this letter. Men of God who... who who sacrificed all for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here we are, we're reading the word of God, and you read it, and you read it, and, and, and okay, I'm just reading like a story. No, take what you're reading, ponder, meditate on it. Meditate on it. And you know, I know we're guilty of hearing the word, but not meditating on the word. And saints, we need to take time in meditating on the word of God. You don't have to read a, a whole chapter. It's good to read a chapter. But if you want to, you're one of those that would like to read a passage, you know, just kind of process everything. And then you ponder and you pray about it. Say, Lord, this is what I read. Lord, I don't understand. And that's what happens. If you don't understand, this is what Paul says at the end of verse 7. Look at verse 7. He says, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. He gives you understanding. The Lord didn't write the Bible to be so difficult. We make it difficult. Religion, denominations, scholars, professors, they make it difficult. It was never made to be difficult. We read the word of God for us to fully understand. If you get to a passage of scripture that you don't understand, then that means the Lord wants you to spend time on it. He doesn't want you to just fly by the book. You know, it's okay if you read the Bible through a year, and I encourage you to do so if you can. But don't just read the Bible through a year. But throughout that year, when you read the Bible, make sure you spend time with the Lord. <laughs> understand. You don't understand what he's saying. Lord, what, what are you saying here? You know, take, take that passage of Scripture that you do not understand. Take it to your, your quiet place. And pray. He said, Lord, I, I read this yesterday. Oh, I read it last week. I still don't understand. I read it last month. I still don't understand. You keep reading, reading it. Keep, uh, you know, meditating on it. And God will give the understanding in all things. In all things. 
This is what Jesus promised to his disciples before he was crucified. He said, the promise of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. He will bring to remembrance all the things that I have taught you. And that's what God does. He, he brings to remembrance the thing you have, you have probably forgotten the word of God. But it's the Holy Spirit that teaches us. Wasn't it the Holy Spirit who inspired the Apostle Paul to write this epistle? That's the kind of when I begin the prayer, I got to humble myself to know who I am and to know who God is and who we're depending on. Is it Pastor Eddie's wisdom or is it the Holy Spirit? And it's the Holy Spirit. That's why I always say the Holy Spirit who inspired the Apostle Paul to pen this letter, to write to the, you be our teacher. I want to understand what the Bible is saying because it is so healthy for me spiritually. It is so good for my soul. It's so good for my spirit. It's so good for my life. And so we need to meditate. Consider these things. If you don't understand, Christ will make, will, will, uh, make it clear to you. So in verse 1 through 7, be a good soldier. Stay the course. Now in verses 8 through 13, Paul gives Timothy instruction to remember Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus Christ. In verse 8, he says, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David. And when he's speaking about the seed of David, it's talking about Christ's humanity. And for you Bible students, so, so you can know when it says son of man or the son of David, it is pointing to the, Jesus' humanity. When it says the son of God, it speaks of his deity, his, who he is as God. Because Christ is 100% man and 100% God. And so he says, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of change. Paul, all he did was preach the gospel. That's all he did. Preach the gospel. And now he's considered an evildoer and they put chains on him. But look what he says at the end of verse eight. But, but. The word of God is not chained. You can't chain the word of God. I mean, you could chain a man like the Apostle Paul, chain a good soldier in Christ Jesus. You can chain a whole church, but you can't chain the word of God. You can't chain the word of God. You can't hold it down. In fact, Paul, if it wasn't for Paul to be in chain, uh, we wouldn't have many of the epistles that he wrote, the, the prison epistles which is Ephesus, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon, and even this book. Or aim it with the book of Revelation to John the Beloved. <laughs> you know, you chain them, okay, the word of God is really going to go forth. As a matter of fact, it's going to be written in stone. <laughs> As a matter of fact, there will be men, every man, woman, boy, or girl for thousands of years uh, are going to continue to read, read the word of God. So they chained Paul 2,000 years ago. Today, guess what? We still have the word of God. You can't change the word of God. You can't hold back the word of God. They could kill the prophets, which they have, but they can't change the word of God. Isaiah 55 verse 11, it says this. So the Lord said, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I send it. It'll never hit the ground. The word of the Lord never returns back, boy, never. The word of the Lord, it, it outlasts any of us. <laughs> and you know, for those of you who have been here, and some of you probably 
I don't know who, but I don't know your background, but I tell you this, the word of God has changed your life. The word of God has changed your life. It has brought you to the foot of Christ. It had helped you in your walk in faith. It probably helped you with your marriage. It probably helped you with your health or your finance, whatever it is. It helped you with relationships with others. It helped you in your ministry. And that's what the word of God does. And it's continuing to do that now. In Matthew 24, verse 35, the Lord Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, which it will. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. He says, but my words will by no means pass away. No means. And here we are again. And I think, you know, the longer we look and, and as the years go by from the day when Jesus was ascended to, to be seated, seated at the right hand of the Father for the day of Pentecost, even till now, we're still studying the word of God. And what has, it has done to change the life of the most evil, wicked, destroyed people, people who are, are left to die, people who are willing to, wanted to commit suicide until they met Jesus Christ. People who are in bondage with, with all kinds of, you know, drugs, sex, whatever it is. God has set them free because of the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When Jesus was tempted, did he take up a sword? No, he didn't. Remember he was in the desert, Satan went to him and he said, hey, if you're, if you're the son of God, turn, command these stones to be turned into bread. One after the other, as Satan tried to tempt him right, as, as, he was being, as he was fasting, what did Jesus do? He used the scriptures, for it is written. But Jesus, for it is written. When the enemy comes to you, what is it? The word, for it is written. For it is written. And this is why it's so important, the word. This is why we, we take it seriously. This is why we study it verse by verse. So you can learn it, know it, and apply it to your life. You might read a passage either this Sunday or the past Sunday, and you didn't realize what the passage really meant. But now you send that verse and say, man, this verse ministered to me. We had this study on this verse, and I want to bless someone else. I'm going to write a card and just bless this person with that word. That's the way it works. And never return back void. Verse 10, he says, therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect or the chosen. Uh, he, he endured all things. Now, some scholars are divided on this. Does he mean the elect, meaning like you know, Jews but, or, or Christians? It, it really doesn't matter. It's for both. They're both Jews and, and Gentiles that are being grafted in in the body of Christ. So he's, he does all things. I'm enduring all this. Why? For all those that are coming to faith. I'm willing to suffer, and he did. And when we get to heaven, he say, thank you, Paul. We thank Jesus for everything. But Paul, we thank you for being faithful to the Lord. Because I remember almost 2,000 years ago when you were beheaded, when you were killed, uh, we studied the last letter you wrote to Timothy. And you did endure. He says, therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. All things continue on. Paul is willing to endure it for the elect, for the chosen. And again, we, uh, to this day, we're still being blessed by his ministry. We're still being blessed by his ministry. And so the final outcome of all this, of his enduring for the sake of you and I, the elect, is so what? So that we would be in glory with the Lord. Now, 
in verse 11, it begins with the, the words, this is a faithful saying. Now, when Paul says this is a faithful saying, for you students, you probably, when you read, uh, uh, you know, Paul says, when he's going to quote uh, the scripture, he will say, for it is written. Right? He'll say, for it is written, or for it says. But this phrase here, this is a faithful saying, many scholars believe, and I kind of see that it's totally irrelevant, but um, this was a faithful saying among the early Christians. They, they would have these sayings, you know, in the same way we have saints today as Christians, right? Here's one. I'm going to say the first half, and some of you who know the other saying, you're going to follow with the second half, okay? God is good all the time. That's a faithful saying. Okay, it's scriptural, it's scriptural, but, you know, I mean, it's biblical and it's content of what it means, but it's not a scripture. We know he's good, God is good, but the way we say it, right, that's the same, but this is what happened in the early church. But with that said, I want you to know, if Paul wrote it and he was inspired by the Holy Spirit, it may have been a faithful saying back then to the early church, but because he's, he's writing inspired by the Holy Spirit for us, and we're reading out of scripture. It is, it is a faithful saying to Paul in his day, but for us, it is scripture. Okay? All right? So he says, this is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. When we surrender our life to Jesus Christ, we died to self. We were saved. We repented. We were born again. Okay? We're born again in the spirit. And, and, and so when we die with him, you know, it's important. This is why Christ commands us with the Great Commission in, in uh, Matthew chapter 28. Make disciples among all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Holy Spirit. That is really a command. Okay? It's a command. And the reason why we, Christ calls us to be baptized so we could uh, identify with his death, burial, resurrection. And so this here, this faithful saying that the early church said back then is consistent with the scriptures. So we die with Christ. So we die with him at the cross and we live eternally with him in glory. It's very simple. That is the saying. You die with Jesus then you will be with him forever. And this is what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 19. He says, a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Praise the Lord. Soon and very soon. Because I live, you will live also. He who believes in me, though you were dead, yet shall you live. The world does not understand that. The the world doesn't understand it at all. And that's why we need to be born again. To be born again, meaning, you see, when God created Adam and Eve, he created Adam and Eve, they had the spirit, but they died spiritually. You see, they had a flesh and they had a soul. So every man, every man, whether they're saved or not, has a a flesh, a body, and a soul. But the only one that has spirit is the one that was born with the spirit. You understand? So spirit and soul is not the same thing. We all have a soul. We all have a conscience. My dog has a soul. He has a personality. Boy, does he have a personality. He always, he's always my friend when I'm eating. But, so he has a soul, but he don't, they don't have a spirit, you see. They don't have a spirit. You see, that's why we need to be born again. So those without Christ, they're dead. They're dead spiritually. So there's no communication with God, no matter what good works they do. But when we are born again in the spirit, then the spirit is in us. So you see, we have a spirit. That's when you're born again, 
And I'm going to say, you've probably been with me for some time and you heard this before. It says, if you're born once, you die twice. You're born in the flesh, you only have a soul, you die twice. Physically and eternal damnation. You're born once, you die twice. Physically, you go to the grave, and then eternal damnation when you stand before the Lord. Okay? But when you're born again... Twice, you're born twice physically, spiritually through Jesus Christ. You only die once, that's physically because you have a spirit. And so this saying is important. And if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior, your good works, you coming to church and doing all the good things doesn't get you to heaven unless you repent. And I know you heard that it has a negative connotation to it because of a lot of fanatics. But the reality is when repent is biblical, it means to turn away from your own ways and now to follow Christ. You're not going to live that life to sinning anymore. Now you want to live for Christ. You repent of your sin, realize that you're a sinner, repentance. Then you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior. Then the Holy Spirit. Now you have a now you have a spirit. Now when you die, guess where you end up? In heaven. And no, Peter is not controlling the gates. Okay, it is through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. That's why you must. Jesus said to Nicodemus, "You must be born again." Billy Graham didn't say it. The Pope didn't say it. And no, Jesus said it's in red letters in John chapter three. You must be born again in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. And, and that's important. So if we die with him, you know, we will live with him. Then the second saying, uh, verse 12, it said, if we endure, we shall also reign with him. So continue on this race. In other words, enduring hardship as a good soldier. And you're not ashamed of the gospel. You're holding fast to the gospel. You're sharing the gospel. And when we continue that, you and I, every believer in Jesus Christ, we will rule and reign with Christ, which speaks of and points to the millennium reign. Okay, this speaks of the thousand years in which Christ will rule and reign with his saints. This is a time after the great tribulation. You have the rapture, seven year of great tribulation, then the thousand year reign where we will rule and reign for Christ for a thousand years. And that's where you and I, if we continue, we shall be with them. In Revelation chapter 19, verse 16, it says, And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. We, he's going to come. He's going to identify himself as a king. We're going to come alongside him. And then in Revelation chapter 20, verse 4, it says, And I saw thrones, thrones, plural, and they, plural, sat on them, And judgment was committed to them. That's every believer in Jesus Christ, you and I. We're going to be judging angels. And how that actually is going to look, I don't know. I just want to be with Jesus when I die. That's all that matters to me. And it says, now the third saying, if we deny him, he also will deny us. And Jesus Christ is very clear. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 33, but whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my father who is in heaven. That is a sad scripture right there. To be denied by the creator, the one who created you. The one that the, he's the only way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the father. No one goes to heaven except through me. Not through Buddha, not through Muhammad, Jesus Christ. And this is, by the way, this is not talking about a temporary denial, because um, as Peter denied Jesus three times, this is talking about habitual denial, permanent, habitual, well, that's it. I'm denying Christ, that's it. There are people like that. 
And the fourth saying, and finally verse three says, if we are faithless, which we are big time, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Now, quite often we use this passage of scripture and it's okay because it is applicable. But um, if we forget the other side of the faithfulness of God, if we're faithless, he's faithful. Yeah, that sounds great. But that means he's also faithful in his warnings. He's also faithful. And when, a, when one denies him, he is faithful and he will also deny that person. It includes his promises, his warnings, and his judgments. He is faithful. And he's going to keep his word. He's going to be faithful through and through. And when it says he cannot deny himself, believe it or not, God is sovereign. He could do anything he wants, but there's a lot of things that God can do, and this is one of them. And it's only a scripture, a scripture, and he can't deny himself. He can't be unfaithful. If he wanted to, yes, but he wouldn't. We're going to think about it. He can't, it says, right, he cannot deny himself. That's his, in his nature, in his character. He will always be faithful. When you're faithless, he is faithful. When you fail, and you, how many times you stumble, and you know that the Holy Spirit brings conviction to you and say, listen, what you just did and what you just said, you know it's not right before the eyes of God. You know it's against scripture. You know you sinned against your brother. You sinned against God. You know, what, and you're going to say, well, Lord, I come to you. I, I, I promise I'm going to be faithful from here on in. <laughs> it's not going to happen. We're never going to be faithful. For a few things, for a certain amount of time, but not through and through, we can't. Because we mess up all the time, don't we? But what's so awesome about this is that he remains faithful. And even when we sin, I'll leave you with this. I'll leave you with this one verse, which I love this verse. Um, when, when we sin... This is, you write it down for home, highlight it, and because this is called the Christian bar soap. It's 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. It says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. We deceive ourselves. He's writing to Christians, and the truth is not in us. Verse 9, here it is. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. And just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all our righteousness. So whenever you come to Christ and you repent and you confess your sins as a Christian, you say, Lord, I messed up. He's faithful. Never believe the lie from the enemy that he's not going to forgive you. Never believe for a minute that even though you went to the Lord a hundred times with the same problem, that he's not going to forgive you. He cannot deny himself. He's going to forgive you all the time. As a father, is he going to, he chastens those who he loves. And, and are you going to be disciplined? Yes. Are you going to learn? Yes. The Bible says you will reap what you sow. Yes, you're going to reap all what you, you're going to continue on. Guess what? You're going to reap that. I'm going to forgive you. But there are consequences as long as you forgive him by the Lord. But he is faithful to forgive. Amen. You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. Have you ever wondered why there are so many letters written in the New Testament? 1 Timothy is just one of many letters that gives you some insight into the ministry that was happening after the time that Jesus lived here on earth. There were struggles and there were successes. But you realize that as great as those missionaries and pastors were, they were also just human. They had strengths, weaknesses, discouragements, and moments of triumph. 
Isn't it great to know and to relate to people in the Bible? They're spiritual pillars in some ways, but you come to realize that they were people that God used, just like He can use you in this time and place. We're so glad you joined us today for Running the Race. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. Once again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. We hope you'll refer to our website for additional resources that include hearing these messages again or learning about the church behind the ministry. Join us again for another edition of Running the Race. I'm